Hi, welcome back to the Namas Teach podcast. This is Jen. Hi, everybody. This is Tisha. We are so happy to be here with you guys today. What a strange, interesting, painful, beautiful, hopeful time to be an educator and a human being right now. Many of us are in the process of ending our school years. And this past week, as I was physically back in my school building, I was reflecting on how much the world has changed since the last time we were there with our students. Our entire existence has changed in 90 days and has brought up a variety of emotions for all of us. I find myself going back to the question that we asked at the very beginning of the pandemic, how do you want to show up during this time right now? I think it's important that we revisit this in the new climate of civil unrest and peaceful protests and inevitable change. When things feel beyond our control, we get to decide how we are going to show up. And I believe that we are in the midst of a revolution. Growing up, when I read about revolutions, I would always wonder what I would have done had I been alive. Of course, I would like to think I would have been active. And now we have the opportunity to consider how we want to show up for ourselves and our students during this turning point in our history and our lives. Yeah, those were uh, really good points. And the, the question does keep coming back. How do you want to show up during this time? And historically and presently, presently speaking, we could we could talk about these issues uh, for hours, what's going on in our, our world, the pandemic of the coronavirus and the pandemic of systematic oppression and racism. Issues of race in this country have been around uh, for centuries, over 400 years. And the impacts that those, those things have had on the lives of Black people in America is a lot to, lot to deal with at times. But from an educational standpoint, I think this time is tremendous for us. And as educators, we can educate our students in the future, but right now is the time I think for us to educate ourselves. We need to do maybe more than just learn about race and racism. We need to talk about it, have real talk, real conversations among educators that are not of color, maybe white educators, need to learn more about race and racism, racial issues, talk about race and different affinity groups, whatever group you identify as. I know me uh, as an African-American woman, I had the opportunity to talk to other educators and other people of my racial affinity group, African-American men and women. And the conversations allow us to really dig deep and to peel back some of the layers and some of the, the pain that we experience. So as, as white educators, I encourage you to take this summer to look at some of your ideology around race and, and racial issues and to educate yourselves and have those hard conversations. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up, Tisha. Like you said, there really is so much to unpack, and we definitely plan to continue this real talk on future episodes. And I think that there's something exciting happening in our world right now as this becomes an awareness for people that may have not, you know, everyone's living inside of their bubble and may have not examined the idea of identity and race. And so as you were speaking, I realized that since this is a podcast, listeners may or may not know how we identify. So in the spirit of naming that, I'm a white educator. And I feel like that's really interesting because as a white person, I don't think, I don't often feel like I name my race as an identity. And I think that's interesting and also a major part of the dilemma that we're in with the whiteness equaling the dominant or the majority or the default. 
And I think that being that we're a global community, it's so important that we're having these conversations where we have the hard conversations, where we look at our own implicit biases, where we look at the structural oppression and structural racism that exists within our country, and that we confront those hard questions within ourselves so that we can show up better for ourselves and also show up, of course, better for our students. Yeah, that's true. And I know uh, now it seems like, you know, the world and people are being more vocal now and, and speaking out. This is a revolutionary time. No longer can we just be silent about it. We can't be silent. Silent speaks louder than words sometimes and silence can, it can be uncomfortable. But I encourage everyone listening to lean into that discomfort because that's where the healing takes place. Also that self-care is a part of this work as well. As we delve into these issues of, of race and some of the traumas surrounding race, the issues being racist, anti-racist, whatever you wanna talk about, the pain is going to resurface. So self-care for all of us, whether you identify as white, whether you identify as black, uh, Latinx, LGBTQIA, whatever community you're a part of, the conversations have to happen, but self-care is a part of our practice because this is not going to be easy, but in the end, it will be worth it and we will be stronger together as a global community. Absolutely. I completely agree. I know one of our tenets here at Namas Teach is about the self-care and the mindfulness and the doing the deep work. And I think there's often a misconception that I want to dispel and like we want to dispel through this community that healing isn't just, you know, good vibes only or thinking positively or sitting silently and meditating, but it's doing the hard work to confront conditioning and to unlearn and to decondition and to have those hard, uncomfortable conversations and have that be part of the healing work. It's not all rainbows and butterflies and sunshine. Sometimes it's confronting those hard issues and learning to, that's part of mindfulness, being mindful of systems that exist within our society, within our world, and how we feel about that and kind of deconditioning that. So I think that's really important. And the invitation to rest is crucial because that part of that is part of the revolution as you so eloquently stated, Tisha. So thank you for that invitation and reminder there. I know- yeah. Go ahead. We always have to be reminded. I mean, uh, yes, the meditation is great, but we're not going to, this work is not done on our cushion uh, or in, in uh, our yoga space or in our sacred spaces. That Those sacred spaces prepare us and give us the strength to use our voices and get out there and uh, get off the mat and, and go into the world, as mo most people say, off the mat and into the world. That's where the real work comes in and it, it also speaks to how interconnected we are. Those of us in, in the different uh, contemplative communities, educational circles, we know how connected we are. And with the recent events and the, the protests and stuff that have been happening, I've just been thinking about and doing a lot of reading too about the, the whole idea of connection. Uh, we see people together during this time, even risking you know, their own health and safety in the midst of a pandemic. You see thousands of people. I mean, I saw a picture of a protest in the UK and there were thousands, I mean, like 10,000 people together standing in peaceful protests against racial injustice and just the, the wrongs of, of our nation and our countries and 
it's it's all over it's it's just spread but in all of that we see the interconnectedness of each other and uh albert einstein was one of the the leaders in our time that we can look back to and think about his words and the images that uh come up for me during this time make me think about his words when he spoke about the interconnectedness of existence one of his letters which was published in the new york post in november 1972 he talked about being a human being a part of the whole universe and part of limited in time and space as humans we experience ourselves you know sometimes separate we think of ourselves as separate from the rest and it's a kind of optical delusion of our consciousness and those delusions can sometimes hold us captive and we think my world is just as big as my little circle or my you know center of influence is just the people that i know and the people that know me or the circles that we you know navigate in but this time is calling us all to free ourselves from being captive and expand our circles of compassion embracing people from different backgrounds people that don't look like us and really being intentional about who we connect with and knowing that we're all connected in this in one way or another thank you tisha that was really just such a profound way to look at this time and i love the concept of the circle of compassion I know that I'm always looking for the gift and the lesson. And so one major like lesson that I feel like 2020 has been teaching me and perhaps all of us is the role our individual actions play in the collective. You know, during the COVID-19 crisis, our actions can impact another person's health or safety. If we leave our home, that could impact somebody else from having the virus spread or it can impact the elderly or those with weak, excuse me, with weakened immune systems. And then of course, during this time as a nation and as a world, we examine social justice and injustice. And we as individuals have the opportunity to examine our implicit biases. We have a responsibility to educate ourselves. We have to look at the way we as educators are creating culturally responsive classrooms that are inclusive of all of our diverse body of students. And just so many more things that we as individuals can do that collectively have an impact. And something else that I really wanted to talk about today was just like the overabundance of information. You know, I know that there's some statistic that we see five times more information that we would have seen than in the a person in the 1980s. So with all this information coming at us, and that's not even talking about just a pandemic and a revolution um, in our society, but all the information that we're getting, it's so important right now more than ever that we do tap into our inner knowing when we read or hear or see something, it's important for us to check in and see how it sits with us, how it aligns with our truth and how we feel and what it brings up for us as individuals. I think there, as we know, there's a major call for action right now and using that inner knowing before, during and after we take action is crucial. Our actions must be inspired. And as you said, Tisha, and gave us that beautiful invitation, sometimes that inspiration and sometimes that action is just the getting quiet, the reflecting, the educating, the sitting in the discomfort, the resting, the leaning in. And we need to honor our individual um, journey within this collective movement. Using our voice when it feels right, sitting and being quiet when it feels right is another part of this journey as we look inward and so that we can make that ripple effect in our society as we know that we all are interconnected. 
Yes, that's true. And I think too, um, that that's so beautifully put, Jen, and, and getting quiet and the stillness part of it. Yes, the action is what we need, but sometimes, you know, we all really, most times we need to take a step back first before we act and really think about how our actions impact others. And that requires us to spend that time in contemplation, uh, meditation, those of us who journal, and if you are not a journaler, maybe now you should start journaling or just start writing down your thoughts. There's so many um, different aspects of meditation. And what's been coming up for me a lot is using the breath. And the breath, the whole idea of breathing, we've been seeing it in slogans, I can't breathe, and uh, George Floyd's last words, and, and many others who, who's lo who've lost their lives in police uh, violence and, and oppression have said that, you know, I can't breathe. So the whole idea of, of what the breath means and getting in touch with the breath our breath is, is what sustains us and it's an involuntary process that we don't have to force to happen. Our breath just happens, you know, as long as we're alive, our, our breath is, is in a sense breathing us, so to speak. So just thinking about the words of what the breath is or seeing the words, I can't breathe and knowing that whenever we see that we should just take a pause and we should just breathe and think about how important our breath is pay more attention to our breathing i'm reading a book right now on the breath and what the uh, what the breath does and how it affects our mental state our physical health every aspect our our cellular health our immune system is all impacted by our breath and the breath is the, the thing that, that also connects us as we breathe together and we chant and we march and we pray and we speak. It's all connected to our breath. So it's an important role, not just in the aspiration or the respiration or the active respiration, but just the interconnectedness of our breath. Yes, the breath. Uh, as most of you listeners know, Tisha leads community meditations for Still Stole Studio here in Charleston. And she did a whole meditation on the importance of our breath and allowing our breath and our voice to be important steps to change the world. So that's just something beautiful that she shared. And then also, even before this episode, I was feeling frazzled, just, you know, working from home, doing the mom life thing. And Tisha just sat with me and reminded me of the breath. So we can never forget the importance of our breath. It's something inside of us. It's something we take for granted. And it's something that's being fought for right now as people protest, like you said, with the I can't breathe slogan, which is so powerful. Um, and I did also just want to say one more thing about everything that we've been experiencing as human as and as educators. We've encountered an immense amount of trauma during this time that will undoubtedly and has already impacted our students. And so it's so important, we've talked about before, the work before the work. It's so important that we do this work and we reconcile our own encounter with this trauma so that we can find better ways to show up and support our students and to hold them during this um, unrestful time in our world. And I think that, you know, with this resurgence of action, right now there's such momentum, but how are we going to make this sustainable in our classrooms and in our lives? 
how can we ensure that this activism is not just a fad, but a wake-up call to be more intentional with creating classrooms and school climates that are truly inclusive and culturally responsive? And remembering that our individual actions have an impact on the collective. So we have some ideas for that. We have some resources that we're going to include in the show notes. And then we'd love to hear from you, our listeners, as to ways that you're making this sustainable in your personal life as well as in your classrooms. And that will probably be a future topic for future episodes. So I'm now going to turn it over to Tisha, who is going to end with such a beautiful way for us to end this call today with sharing some of her wisdom on breath and meditation and the theme of interconnectedness. Okay, yes, we've uh, delved into a lot, uh, Jen, and thank you for your words and just the reminders of, of all the points that were brought up and, you know, this call to activism and what it's going to look like in our classroom and the work that we need to do. I was just thinking, wow, this is a lot of, this is a lot of work. I mean, our work was, was huge before this, but it's taken a whole, a whole new meaning now with, with everything that we've experienced. And the beauty of it is that we've experienced it together. And that's the, the part of that connection. We're all connected. There's no one on the planet that does not know what COVID-19 is. There's no one on the planet that does not know who's George Floyd's name is. And George Floyd was just the catalyst that brought forth a whole lot of years of oppression. And he was just the person that his life was not in vain because he sparked worldwide protests on the injustice and the work that we have to do in our classrooms and in our own lives as individuals, as families, as school communities. It's, it's just, it's great, but we're up to it. And the spirit of connection is what is going to galvanize us and, and energize us and give us strength to, to keep on, keeping on, as they say in this work. So I'd like to close with a brief meditation. We're going to do it for almost nine minutes in honor of the eight minutes and 46 seconds that uh, George Floyd's last minutes of his life. We're going to close with a meditation. So I invite you now to close your eyes wherever you are come to a comfortable seat and make sure your back is straight, not too rigid, and just allow yourself to settle. Take a deep breath in. Let it go. You can exhale through your mouth. Release anything that you've been holding on to. I know in our conversation, we brought up a lot of points that we wanted to just shed some light on today. But now let's just get still together as a community. Take another deep breath in. Exhale. And as we continue in this work, let us think about our connection to each other and know that in order for us to build the world that we desire for ourselves, our children, and future generations, that it will require each and every one of us to be a part of it. No longer can we sit silent and not say anything. 
because we are all connected. We are all connected in this. Take another deep breath in. As you inhale, fill yourself with the spirit of connection. Whatever comes up for you. See yourself no longer as an individual, but as part of a community, a collective, as part of the human family. We know that race is a social construct, but humanity is a thread that connects us all. We are human beings first. Continue to breathe, breathe in. Release. Wherever you're seated right now, think of how you're connected to the ground beneath you. Think about the globe and our planet, the planet Earth, the place that all of us call home, the place where all of us experience our joy, our pain, our silence, our actions, the place where all of our voices can be heard. Living on this planet connects us all. Continue to breathe. As we look out and we see the faces of people marching for justice, fighting for life, fighting to breathe, we all share our humanity together. We all live on the same planet We all have the ability to impact and bring about change through our words, through our kindness, through our compassion, through our truth telling. Take a deep breath in. We are called during this time of interconnection and connection to realize and to remind ourselves the impact of love, love for our fellow man, love for justice, love for doing what's right, speaking out against injustice, not being afraid to use our voices to bring about change, educating those in our families, sharing what we learned with others. Take a deep breath in.
know that we are all called in our connection. We are called to something. Whatever that is for you, as you breathe and as you get still and in the silence, doing that inner work that we all need to do, you will know what you have to do. Take a deep breath in. And as you do that work, know that you are supported by our connection to each other. If it's for the highest good of all, for the planet, for humanity, if it's not to cause harm, to heal others, to bring change, lasting change, Although we may get tired in the work, know that we're supported. That's where our connection comes in. We all can do this. We've all been called to be alive during this time for a reason. Take a deep breath in. Let it go. In the coming days, weeks, months, continue to think about our connection and continue to ask ourselves, how do we want to show up during this time? What can we do to bring about change during this time? We all have the power. small change, big change, whatever it is, we can all do it. It starts with us. Take one last deep breath in. Allowing the breath to deepen our connection to ourselves and each other. Thank you for your practice. When you're ready, open your eyes. Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much, Tisha. That was beautiful. Thank you for gifting that to all of us and for reminding us of the important takeaways on this call and the power that we all have to be part of this important and collective time in our history. Have a great day, everyone. We'll include resources in the show notes. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. Namaste. Thanks. Thank you.